Welcome to a extra special episode of At The Bar Podcast. We are here in the bright, sunny beer garden in Melbourne, Florida. I am Mike. On the other side of the table, Hollywood himself, Jeff. Jeff, how are you? Good. Good. Always. Good. We have a trio of guests in this very special, huge episode. I think it's our biggest one yet. Probably. Probably. I imagine so. So we're going to introduce them all now. To my left, we have Dave. Hey, I'm Dave Swartz from Coaster's Pub and Beer Garden in Melbourne. Cool. And in the middle, we have Mac. Uh, my name is Mac Monroe. I'm a beer geek, and I've been a beer geek for a long time, as you can tell. <laughs> Best kind of geek to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm Jason Strobel. I'm uh, in Brevard County. I'm kind of a good craft beer guy. I'm not really in the industry too much anymore, uh-huh. but I've been a pilot brewer for the largest brewery in Florida, uh, brewed a beer with Sierra Nevada, and um, kind of just love to drink. So, so you just <laughs> you love to drink and make it, right? That's true. <laughs> awesome. That's it. So we, we cracked open some of Jason's homebrew. Yep. Do you want to take us into what we're drinking here? Sure, I won't tell you too much about it. I'll let you guys talk about it. So this is a robust porter I make called Chiroptera, and this is a special treatment. It's brown sugar cinnamon coffee Chiroptera. The now, coffee, what, is, what is Chiroptera? It's the order of bats. Uh-huh. Um, so nothing really tied to beer, just There's really no cool. Just a really awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. really cool. Um, the nose on it is extremely robust. Like yeah. Rusty. Wow. Really robust. Mm-hmm. Obviously more than some professionals. Thank you. Not mentioning any names. <laughs> Somewhere in there, there's a little bit of chili pepper. Hmm. That's solid. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. So you get you get a little bit of z- cinnamon. You get you get a lot of coffee. You know. Yep. So the coffee comes from Indian River Coffee Company, and they roasted it right before I picked it up, ground it, and uh, this is actually cold pressed, and then inject it in the secondary. Okay. Sweet. You well, get a lot of coffee. This is really again? good. This was. It's a lot. Brown sugar, uh-huh. cinnamon, and coffee. Okay. That's a lot of ingredients. So many. Yeah. But hopefully it plays off itself, you know. It's hopefully the, yeah, it like complements yeah. everything. Because the roastiness does play into the coffee almost perfectly. And then you do get a tiny bit of the cinnamon. But it's it's light-bodied. It's pretty it good. Together, nice. yeah. yeah, it comes together. This is really good. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. What's the percentage on this? It's 6%. Okay. That's good. Great. I like it. So before we before oh you had you had something to say? I was just say it's just easy drinker and um got a lot of that coffee. Yeah, I like yeah, it. It's really easy drinking with a lot of flavor. Yeah. A lot of beers like this are nine nine percent, ten percent, and you and you get scared of them after a couple of glasses, but I mean this is one that, that's definitely got some you can have a- The idea was actually supposed to make this uh ages and make this more of a breakfast got breakfast stouts as breakfast porter. It does right. have that. It has yeah. that kind of breakfasty like not that I would. I like wake I like the, the aftertaste. Beer, but I, could I like the aftertaste. You kind of mm-hmm. get you know the little cinnamon to it. Yeah, it was just because nice. It's really so, clean. Yeah. All right. So so Mac is the official beer judge. What do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm probably gonna finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at least an eight. <laughs> I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a compliment. So before we get going, Jeff, on a scale from zero to ten, what would you give? This robust porter. Uh, stylistically, especially for Target, going for a breakfast porter, it, it nailed it. So I'd give it, I give it like an eight eight, eight I'm, seven eight. I'm eight. in line with that. An yeah. eight 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 seven around there. I mean, a it's B perfect. plus. It's a B it's plus beer. Yeah. For the style and yeah. as far as your ingredients, like you said, you took a little bit, kind of of a risk with with those, and they did play off exactly like you thought they would. So I think yeah. it worked out extremely well. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I'm in line with that. Dave, what do you I think? Mean, even sitting here under full Florida sun, I mean, yeah. you're not worried about drinking up. You normally wouldn't think porter, but, I mean, yeah. it goes yeah. well. Yeah. 
it, it's really not going to make your uh, your uh, forehead sweat or anything like that. I mean, you know, <laughs> the beer won't, not, the sun not, will. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. No fire in it anywhere. It's just a pleasant sipper. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Bravo. Cheers, guys. Yeah, thank yeah, that's you. A, that's a good point. I actually walked into the bar and was like, what beer do I want? I, was like, I really want a stout, but it is sunny outside, so I'm going to go with a Hefeweizen. So this is actually, this would have been perfect for yeah. that exact scenario. Yeah. So we were here at Coaster's Pub and Beer Garden. So I want to introduce Dave again for allowing us to, to be here. Well, thanks for coming. So what are we doing here, Dave? What'd you drag us down all the way from Orlando for? I tried to get you yeah, out of the um, parking lots of Orlando and get you out here on the, on the coast. Um, we're coming up on our seventh annual Belgian Beer Fest next weekend, and now for seven years now we've uh, essentially it's now the biggest uh, Belgian Beer Fest in the southeast at least, mm-hmm. and we have a really good working relationship with a lot of importers and a lot of beer distributors and even brewers over there in Belgium because we go visit uh, occasionally right. to, to bring over the, like, the most rare and obscure and eccentric things that we can. Mm-hmm. So all throughout the year, we, as things become available, as these special kegs become available, we you know, grab one or two. Mm-hmm. Grab one, one or two of the made, kegs he made as, the they, sign. as they become available. And uh, <laughs> we pack wrap them away, essentially. And right. Which the rest of my staff hates because the, the lo- there's not much free space in the cooler at this point. I, I right. have like 48 kegs back there right now for Belgium, and I have another 10. <laughs> totally coming. worth it. I have another, I have another yeah. 10 coming. Yeah, there's another 10 or so kegs coming the next couple of days. But it's just a big blowout weekend. Um, we do yeah. Belgian food specials. Uh, we do um, uh, mussels and chimay cheeses. So Trappist cheese. Oh my is god, in. I'm excited for that. We have I have 50 pounds worth of uh, chocolate truffles that were. That were shipped over from Brussels, uh-huh. and it's a, it's a fun weekend. Yeah. So, what what made you tell us a little bit about how this came to fruition? Are you are you like a Belgian fan? Yeah, I am. Um, I, me and my wife are kind of I guess you could call us Europhiles. So we're pretty we're kind of enamored <laughs> with the culture over there. Yeah. But and and I like beer a lot. Um, and the culture over there is so it revolves around beer in, in a pretty big way. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it's a country the size of West Virginia, and per capita, there's more brewers there than anyone else. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, and instead of just over the border in Germany, how they have just a set number of styles they can mm-hmm. brew by law, um, the Belgians essentially have free reign. I mean, they've got the uh, brewing acumen as the, that the Germans have, mm-hmm. but they've got sort of like the French artistic influence to be able to be free in brewing and, right. and do some really unique things so uh yeah it's uh i'm a fan You're just a fan of belgians you just want to have your own belgian event here at your your restaurant exactly yeah i ran across the idea up in baltimore at max's on fifth up there it's one of the one of the best uh beer bars in, in the u.s really if you ever get a chance up there in fells point in baltimore it's an amazing place and they, they've been doing this for i think nine or ten years now and i right. happened to stumble across it up there in baltimore one uh one monday after the events and uh Looked around, the place was definitely well used this previous weekend. Right, and uh, that's what happened here. Because we noticed that a lot of kick, a lot of taps were gone. There was um, a lot of Belgians up there, and they says, "Oh, it's a Belgian beer fest weekend." They told mm-hmm. us about it, and uh, it's it's a really really neat idea, and decided to bring it to Florida. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I know just th- this event's got to be a huge undertaking just from my side of, of distribution as well, which I'm sure you battle the same fights. Uh, Belgian beers are extremely hard to come by, especially the rare ones. So putting on an event like this must be a huge undertaking. It's pretty incredible that, that you're doing it, it with all the time. rare stuff that you're, you're doing it with. Yeah, it consumes a lot of time, but it's, it's worth it. It's, it's a lot of a fun. Um, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll see next weekend, I guess, you're coming out. Yep. yep. So um, we hope to put on a good show for you. It's a lot of work for our staff. Uh, it's 
It's, um, but it's worthwhile. It's the, the really good news is that Belgians store very well because a lot of them are fairly high alcohol. Yeah. So you know, he'll have <laughs> yeah, his are. first keg for next year coming in within a month after this this beer festival okay I'm sure you know, and, and yeah i mean it's it's got to be a thing you collect over the course of a year because yeah, sure. otherwise it's that this stuff's not all available at any time you yeah, know what i mean I it's it, it comes as it comes and yeah, you and you hopefully you could, gobble it up <laughs> yeah you could, th- you could throw a belgian beer fest anytime you wanted to i suppose with the beers that the distributors hold right. inventory but they're all good beers but they're not terribly exciting so it's it's a good year's worth of preparation and, and pack riding to, to get yeah. to. Yeah, I think that's what I've that. noticed with other places doing Belgian themed. They get everything at once as close to the event as possible. Right. So everything they have is very kind of standard, you know, and it's not really unique or it's not going to draw you there. Compared to here, you you're, you have you spend a whole year collecting this stuff and, right. and, and holding on to it. So a lot of stuff you can't get in I Orlando. Mean, I mean, Belgian for us, like we have... We have two Belgian coolers, and just to keep the beers on the shelf, and this is majority standard, you know, standard beers that you've heard of, Belgian beers, and even for us to keep the beers on the shelf is a struggle because they come in and out of distribution by the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to keep Belgian beers on the shelf is already difficult enough because the distribution on them is is very hit or miss. So to be able to put on something that, one, has top-notch Belgian beers, but a lot of them, and and not your run-of-the-mill everyday stuff, because it would be a struggle just to put on an event that has everyday stuff. Sure. Yeah. So putting on something that has really high-end, obscure Belgian beers that people have, you know, this might be the only opportunity they get to try them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And something pretty cool, too, is um, there's also a food aspect involved as well. And I know everybody's here for the beer, but it's also cool to have the food, the Belgian beer, uh, be outside in a, in a beer garden. It's beautiful, and um, it's beautiful a really, really garden. cool yeah. event. It's, I've, been, I've been coming a couple of years now myself, and um, it's world-class. It's, it's a great event, great beers, great time. It really is. I, mean, I haven't missed a year yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even when we walked in, like, the, the, the front area, it's, like, not like a strip mall bar or, or a restaurant not at all you have you know the wood decor you have the, the signs evenly placed it's not overwhelming with oh we sell newcastle we sell dogfish it's like very nicely placed you walk in with like the the, the stone and brick wall and it's like really cozy and like a sense of like i felt like like i was in like a cave almost like a cellar like i was in like a special club walking in and everything's really nicely placed and the you got different the growlers and and decorations kind of everywhere and then you like walk out in a strip mall into this beer garden that you can see and it's like not expected beer garden that's straight out yeah. of out of germany yeah like, beautiful yeah and it's a clear blue day like it's phenomenal yeah, the, let's yeah, cross our fingers for that at the event like not <laughs> stored anymore yeah um, with the choice of the plants and, uh, and and it's an otherwise wasted space everybody looks at an l-shaped strip mall and thinks that somehow or other it's solid around that corner Right, and in every case, there's a you know there's a, there's an empty space out there, gathering rubble and and things like that. That uh, that empty space, that that corner that is is usually uh, nothing. Yeah, is now you know. A, a I mean, you've done an, an insanely yeah. beautiful job with this out here. It's awesome. Thanks. Pictures don't do it justice at all, <laughs> at all. So, kind of going to your tap. Your tap list today, which is this is before the event. It's a daily list. It's a daily so list. I, so this I, is nothing. I, I, before I was a beer bar owner, I was a beer bar customer, and nothing annoyed me more than stale, outdated beer lists where you you ask for five beers and then none are available. Oh, that's that's, that's something we touched on going to, to a brewery, 
and they have something or a restaurant and it's not they're out it's not the best for the environment but we right. print them every day too yeah you so got to it doesn't win us any fans with the environmentalists but yeah we print menus every day you have to have them because otherwise yeah. it's i mean you guys do it over a world of beer yeah every, i mean every day it's it's the atmosphere aspect it's yeah. it's the unspoken kind of like thing that slights you when you order a beer that's not on the list right. or that's on the list that's not it, it drives me nuts i actually had that happen at uh florida brewing over in tampa and three beers i ordered all three of them not on the list and i'm like yeah like what, what, what am i doing here yeah There's you been, know so many times i've been to a beer bar and i go right to bottles because what they have on tap is stuff that i don't really like or i've had a thousand times i want to try something new I go right to the bottle list, and I've ordered 10 beers, and they're all gone. So I go to the, the draft list because I don't really want to be there, and they're all gone. So it, it's a problem. In a beer bar that doesn't have beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want what they claim to have anyway. You know. I just want to highlight a couple of things that were on. Obviously, this is going to change, but for variety's sake, I think this is pretty exceptional. You have a Doppelbach on draft. Uh, index Doppelbach, yeah, from, yep. uh, from Bavaria. You have a quad, a Strafhender quad, which I don't see those. Hardly anywhere. And a lot of these had backstories too. So I visited both those breweries um, and uh, pick up. Strap Hendrick is awesome beer. Yeah, they're very yeah. underrated, I think. You have a Brooklyn insulated Schwartz beer. Don't find those anywhere. Uh, and then you have a couple, a couple ones like Dolphin Ninety Minute, which is good. You have a lot of local stuff, which obviously we appreciate. You have Playa Linda here, Central Twenty Eight, Monty Python's Holy Grail, which. I gotta chuckle out of, but like you I like it? I like the variety of. <laughs> I actually I really like the variety of what you have on list, which today. But I, I assume this this kind of pattern goes, you know, every day, seven it's, days a week. It's it's a living and breathing thing, the the beer list, and and now I've gotten to where I've pretty much two thirds of it is or standbys. That at one time we had a third of the beer selection was was standbys over there full time and then the rest of them I kind of played with every once in a while you rotate through these kegs and people just love it and you, you, you learn what your customers like and then you try to keep that around for them so now we're probably where two thirds of the list now is full time beers and the remaining one third are, are rotators looking for the next great thing I mean I, I appreciate the uh, we bringing some, some stuff in ah, we got some yeah. Belgian beers over right. there we're we'll bringing over in the wow. break Coasters yes. kind of plays to their uh, a, a plays to their own, yeah. a beat to their own drum if you will whatever you say whatever <laughs> yeah, that right. tagline is <laughs> In, in our beer world, uh, everybody's trying to get the latest and greatest. They're always trying to get the hoppiest beers they can get yep. on tap. And God, a trend, a, a trend I hope that dies. The, the hoppiness, like the, the I want the hoppiness for the sake of it being hoppy thing needs to go away because it's just like you're not, you're not appreciating stylistically what the beer is supposed to be anymore. An IPA never said that it has to be 144, 150 IBUs. It's it does, a competition It's, now, it's obscure, right. and it's, it's, it's like... I get why that beer sells because these hop heads out there are thinking we need the hoppiest thing or the newest thing. But at the end of the day, that's a beer that's out of balance and not in style. And I, I want to drink a beer that's to the style by by what it's supposed to be over any beer that has this obscure high end flavor that, yeah, I get that people like hops, but does anybody like hops out of balance? Right. Yeah, right. There's so I, many. Go ahead, I have one minor comment on that same in the same general area. Uh, coasters, like he says, two thirds of them are now more or less standards. They they wander around a little bit, right? And one third are things that come through. A week ago, I was in uh, uh, in uh, one of uh, Dave's competitors here in town that has about twice the tap that you? Dave has. Well, <laughs> He's sitting right here. <laughs> so, so I said their monthly meeting there. 
<laughs> so I had to go. Anyway, but so I'm looking at like 75 taps. There's a lot of really exciting, interesting, novel beers on the on this list. Okay. Yeah. The thing of it is, most of them are what I call frou frou. Okay, they're 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 exotic kinds of things that. I might want one glass, okay? And that's it. I'm never going to drink that beer again in my lifetime. I just put an X in that box in my brain and go on. And there's, there's, we're at a stage in the, the craft room movement where we're getting a lot of these different, just to be different kind of things. And, and, they're not gonna, and their list is not anywhere near. Where, where am I? Right. And, and, and that also, in that aspect, too, when you go to those places that are doing the same thing on... The, the supplier side where everybody wants to have the newest, biggest thing. It's the same thing on, on our side in the bar industry where everybody wants to have the, the most taps, the most beer on tap, everybody. And and there's a, a issue with that as well where now you're competing against yourself where I noticed you have a modest tap as far as numbers. You don't have more. What do you, what do you 30? Uh, 32. On 32. Tap, and we have five wines on Right. Tap and well, I, think, I think as soon as you get over 50, you're struggling now to sell your own beer. And at that point, I don't know how fresh the beer is when I get it. Exactly. And I, I, I stay away from tap beer when you go to a place like um, Yard House. Yard House that yeah. has 200 beers on tap. Yeah. There's no you know, way, there's no way those beers are, are yeah fresh. Yeah. There's not yeah. a chance. And, and it's like I, I feel bad because they're getting pressure, and they want to be bigger than the guy next to them, right? So they see, like, oh, World of Beer has 40 taps. We need to have 200 taps. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like okay, that's cool, but now your beer is not fresh. And then they're getting pressure to go, oh, you need this beer, this beer, this beer, this beer, because it has this many hops and this many IBUs and this, this. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of subpar beer that's already gone bad on tap. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I was talking about, uh, coasters marching to the beat of their own drum, in that uh, I love bars. I, I will say this. For me, I do like going to places where they have, like, 75 taps. As long as they're rotating or, you know, 60 taps, as long as they're rotating, got things. But with coasters, you know, it's very unique. They've got beers that people are forgetting about right now. You know, mm -hmm. a double bock is on tap. Love it. Where oh, are yeah. you going to find that? Nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Here, I love it's it. It's on tap. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great style that's forgotten about. Yeah. My, my own favorite beer is regularly on tap here. It's settled down. But uh, it's in its... Uh, it's uh, uh, I think a lot of homebrewers would rank that in the top ten or twenty beers in the world. That's Bell's Two Hearted, which is a amazing. You know, yeah, you know, and and it's always here. Okay, I can always I, when I come in, probably not the first beer I'm going to drink. He's going to have something exotic on his uh, beer engine. Okay, and I'm going to try the beer engine first on the the naturally fermented beer. Uh, I will make one other comment on this place. Uh, yeah, they only have about thirty five taps. Okay, but they've had thirty five taps since 1989. Okay, I've been drinking in here since '89 or '90, and I and at that point in time I lived in Huntsville, Alabama. I didn't live here; okay. I was just down on business. But uh, but the, the, it's consistent. I mean, yeah, this, this is my local. Okay, and uh, and it's for a number of reasons. Uh, all right. You want to you want to hear something, Mac? I was maybe one or two when you started drinking here. I'm sorry. I was either one or two when you started drinking here. <laughs> I was born in '88. Me too. Yeah. Well, here's, me yeah. Too. All right. Here, here's one little curl. Your That's toes, the beer okay? geek right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, our local homebrew uh, store uh, guy was uh, was at this beer fest yesterday that I I poured beer at. Yeah. And I told I told Brock uh, I need to come and talk to you. Uh, I made my first batch of homebrew in the house I'm living in at the moment. I've been in and out of it, but right. uh, uh, in 1976, okay? Uh, and I'm thinking about recreating it 
in, in 2016 on my 40th anniversary <laughs> as a home brewer. So, yeah. so I've been home brewing longer than you've been alive. <laughs> longer than my parents been married, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to, to give you sort of a context of uh, beer history with this guy here, uh, you're familiar with Michael Jackson, the beer hunter? Of course. He was the first Both beer. of them. Uh, yeah. My, both Michael Jackson. This guy <laughs> brought Michael Jackson to Coasters in uh, 1989. I think. Uh, no, it was probably later 98. than that. 98, sorry. 98, I think. Yeah. So Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, has been uh, drinking beer here with Mac before. Yeah. That's spent, awesome. I spent a whole day with Michael, and it was it was great fun. You signed autographs? I did. I have a top, a top three or four of his, uh, <laughs> of his books that have his autograph. Awesome. Them, you know? but, uh, Max Chest had an autograph for a while as well, but that's kind of faded. <laughs> <laughs> so... Dave, tell us what we're drinking here. I know we, we opened it a couple minutes ago, and yeah, so I've been eager to get into it. A, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> beers, I think. This is the Struce Cheesus, it's called. Um, Cheesus? Yeah, this is their 2012 version. This is a Belgian Strong Dark Ale, but what they do differently in here is that they age it on stone fruit for a good six months. So you're talking about apricots and plums and dates. They just throw those in the, in the lager tanks, let them hang out together. And you can really... It's not a fruit beer, per se. No. But you really no. pick up on those dark kind of... And your first Raisin-y. comment would, boy, this has got that nice Belgian fruity character from the yeast. And no, it doesn't. It no. Yeah, 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 yeah. This <laughs> is from the fruit, but but it's not an infused beer like so a lemon and frown water. It's a, it's a strong dark ale? Uh, it's Belgian strong ale, they call it. Strong ale? Yeah, it's actually brewed for Christmas time, but it's not really. Yeah. It's not heavily spiced. It's got a little bit of spice in there. Originally, I thought double. When it when I first tried it, it tasted yeah. like yeah. sweet, kind of that sweeter Belgian double taste. But it's it's... But what, yeah. what I like about this is though that you can taste those heavy fruits come through. The mm-hmm. dates and the plums. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. It, it is, and you wouldn't think it's ten percent, but it's ten percent. Oh my god, I'm surprised. <laughs> I can get on the back end. I, I feel the, the burn. <laughs> it's funny. So that's what the IPAs are chasing right now: the stone fruits, apricots, all that stuff. Right, and right. They've already Belgium. been doing it. Yep. I'm I'm surprised Bel- people Americans haven't been copying more Belgian creativity lately. Well. You know, the, that's the, for another topic. The, 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 you get a <laughs> double IPA with apricots and something like that in it, and there's there's very little hops in this. You know, no, Belgians, yeah, no. Belgians have yeah. had 500 more years to, to work things out, and and the fruit works much better without uh, you know as many IBUs as you can get of uh, uh, I, hops in your face. Yeah, I think that was America looking for an identity in the beer world, and they said what's being underutilized in Europe and what can we really highlight, and they, they went with hops, and it worked out because there's a ton of hop heads. But, um, I mean, as far as just historically what the better flavors in beers are, there's not really a lot of hops for a reason. I think they've figured out that, that you can do a lot more with fruits or with yeast or with yeast, malts, malt, yeah. and, and there's a reason they're not using the hops like that in Europe. And yeah. it's because, I mean, bitter beer bitter beer is the same to me as bitter fruit or part, bitter food. I don't yeah. really. Part of what triggered you know, that, that hop revolution that drove us to double IPAs and triple IPAs and things like that is the fact that they bought a bunch of European hops to the, the uh, Pacific Northwest where a lot of the hops mm-hmm. are grown. And hops mutate. Okay. And, uh, uh, and lo and behold, we got in a few years, we got a whole bunch of much more. Uh, alpha acidity hops. Yeah. In, in, uh, uh, in uh, Washington's not the same as yeah. growing uh, it in Europe. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Cascade, which is uh, you know uh, 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 pretty much a classic out there. Yeah. I think, I think actually is a sport of uh, Holotop. You know, uh, you know, German noble hop, but it, it, yeah, it got bent in the in the general direction. And then so some of these new American hops. I need to get close. Some of these new American <laughs> hops are, are actually going back to Europe, okay? 
You can buy Scottish ales that are hopped with American hop varieties these days, but they don't kill them the way yeah. uh, the, the way that, that the guys in California do. Right. As I'm starting to see some of the Belgians do the same. America's influencing the world there. Oh, I've sure. seen some Belgian ales, some triples and stuff that are, you know, triple hop. Yep. And I think the Perrot triple hop uses American hops in theirs and, and, and uh, some other ones too. What's really incredible is seeing some breweries who are who are taking the time to create their own hops and brew their and, and, and brew their beer with, with yeah. their own strands. And yeah. I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I I know it takes like what like ten years for that hop to to that strand to mature to the point or something. I mean, I heard that. I don't know, but I'm not sure on that. But to take the time to put the energy into brewing your to making your own hop strand that's only for your beer is pretty insane, and I, I like it. Yeah, within five years, your alpha acids are developed. Uh, as far as a new okay, strain, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but even Florida is starting to do that now. I've mm-hmm. I have recently heard that Florida, one of the uh, universities, is stepping up to uh, increase the amount of Florida hops that we have, the varieties that are coming out of Florida. To hopefully push that out to uh, to the market and to the world. So. Right. I think it's going to be. A, oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. I was I'm not optimistic about Florida hops. Uh, you know, <laughs> no. We I, have I, we I have we have well. so many <laughs> so much humidity, so many moisture related things that can grow on hops, and so many root borers and stuff like that They're down very here. They're very susceptible to fungus. And and, yeah. and in addition to that, our days are too short. You know, the hops like to be further north. Where in the summertime they get 18 or 20 hours. That's why Washington State's they, pumping them out. Up a foot and all the way around a, a, a wire in one day, you know, and then and then do it again and again and again. Kind of getting back to hops and uh, and Europe. What I I really want to see how this plays out with Stone's new brewery in Berlin. Um, that's, that's yeah, that was actually going through. So it's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, went through. They're hiring for it now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how the how the locals. I mean, the American it. beer in Europe has been taking off. They yeah. they love the the hot profile. They like what we're doing. So yeah, it's your, been your cool. German is they're still very local. I mean, they're, they're their own town brews a beer, and that's what they drink because that's what they drink. And there, there aren't a whole lot of people that are in in Bavaria anyway that have uh, that are exploring um, beers outside their city. There's a bigger German selection here than there is in most bars in Bavaria. That's crazy. Um, well, however, in Berlin, you have a much younger crowd, much more um, you know, people are going out and, and experimenting, and, and, um, and or I don't know whether you call them more artsy or what, but I think that's the right market, the test market, the uh, American-style beers. I, I can tell you the, the worst of the, the, the German prejudices. Uh, I have a friend, a friend of, of uh, Dave's as well, I'm sure. Uh, he's a wealthy, uh, retired steel magnate in Germany. Has a yacht on the, in the Baltic, lives up near the Baltic. They have a condo uh, within a, a mile or so of coasters. Okay, so okay. They're, they're here two or three or four times a winter, and uh, and they they're they're, they're, they're you know uh, Tuckerweiss, Tuckerweiss. That's what they really want. They want a, a Weiss beer, but particularly Tuckerweiss. Okay, and I came in here a couple of years ago on the opening evening of the Belgian festival. And here's Klaus and Heidi sitting on their uh, on their bar stools, and they're drinking something that's pale and yellow. And and I said, and they're not in the because the the Tuker's gone, you know, all the yeah. ice beers are gone for the Belgian festival. And I said, isn't it wonderful? We said, all these wonderful Belgian beers. I see you get a chance to experience all. And they he just kind of looked at me and he said, Miller Lite. Triple hops. I talked to him. And I said, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand. These people, five hundred years of making beer different than German, but it's good beer. No, Belgians don't know how to make beer. Miller Lite. You know, <laughs> they're a stubborn 
bunch. Yeah. <laughs> the Germans. Without you, you, just, you just get to live with it. You yeah. know? So. This is the big boy. Talk about yeah. history. This is uh, Count Tian Goose. So oh. this is one of the no, oh. most um, This was dropped on us like just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, open fermentation. Um, they they had to they had to push back their fermentation schedule this year because it wasn't quite cool enough in Brussels. Right. Um, so so as as we drink the Canteon, I kind of want to ask Dave as you know we had uh, Ryan from Red Cypher on a couple episodes ago about you know kind of the process of opening up a brewery and and that whole that whole shindig right so what's this been like? You've owned coasters for how long? About eight years now. Eight years. So as long as you can remember, what's this been like? Kind of owning such a unique restaurant and a, and a bar like like this one well it's this, it's a hard it's, question it's, it's unique now <laughs> coaches is probably less unique now than it was eight years ago eight or eight or ten years ago because right. florida craft beer culture has moved so far in the past decade or so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was my regular bar um when i was working as uh, so i used to be a financial in, uh, analyst with uh, harris and then before that i was an investment advisor but this is the place i go after work and drink yeah and the previous owner, he, he spent a lot of time in Germany uh, with the army, uh-huh. and this was the place to find good beer. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of competition there, but I, I had done some traveling around the world at that point and, and kind of knew what else could be done, I guess. And not a lot of places uh, were okay. doing. That. Da- David and I met by uh, uh, sitting on adjacent bar stools. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When this was. Uh, a couple of years before he bought it, probably. So yeah, three maybe. This is phenomenal. But it's uh, fort- delicious beer. Yeah. Oh Unstoppable. my god! Sorry, go, go ahead, continue. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so Daryl, the previous owner, the one who started Hub's Pub here, um, had then transitioned in the coasters. He he had worked here twenty some odd years and had taken forty days off in that whole period. He worked. He wow. Was, he was a workhorse, and essentially, kind of like Jeff over there. I was uh, psych. I try. I, I, I'm, I'm coming back fresh off of travel overseas and seeing cool beer bars in Europe and Australia. Yeah. I live in Australia, but uh, and I, I, was pro- I was probably really a pain in the ass to him because I was with these suggestions and constant. You know, you could be doing this, do that. Finally, right. one day, I got fed up with me and threw me his keys and said, "You know, pay me this amount of money. It's yours." So then, that was our project there to okay. figure out how to how to hey. scrounge up. Yeah. Okay. Now I know what I got to do at my local spot, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. You have to be a belligerent. Fine, asshole. Jeff. It's yours now. Be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great! He's coming in yep. here. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> but it's been it's been fun. So I what? Mean, it, it's cool on doing something that yeah. you're really interested in. Um, and especially cool being able to 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 have free reign as far as what you want to offer. Yeah. So. And you guys offer a great product, so you're doing a great food. job. Yeah, same, the same goes with food, too. We try to make as much food as we can from scratch and keep the food menu really um, really unique. We do exotic burgers. Right now, there's a kangaroo burger on the menu. I saw that. <laughs> we have bo- I know roast, what I'm getting. Roasted bone marrow is a, is a special at the moment for appetizer special. So we kind of mix it up and then keep it. I saw it. I was like, I should bring it up. I'm like, ah, someone might get really upset. Like, you know, but, uh, kangaroo, what? So we, yeah, we I should bring it up, burgers. but I know Jeff's going to eat three of them, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what, you know, what maybe kind of, you know, maybe some struggles more maybe in the last couple of years that you've maybe come across in terms of competition or, or you know, the beer industry kind of evolving. What I'm really is struggling at is trying to keep up with all the new Florida breweries. I mean, we've been here for a long time. And we're kind of the go-to place with the most history of almost any bar in Florida here as far as beer goes. Right. And I want to give folks a chance to, to bring their beer in and, and see how it is. But mm-hmm. every week it's a new Florida brewery coming in. 
and I, I can't keep up. I can't offer everybody a, 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 spot, a spot on the yeah, wall. Yeah. So that, that's that's a tough part. Yeah. I well, that's fear, a good I, problem to have, I, though. I, I, fear, <laughs> yeah. I fear that we're not ramping up to some sort of craft beer bubble. I, I well, hope, hope we, we, we are yeah. undoubtedly ramping up into some kind of a bubble, but it'll burst and, and we'll, then we'll, we'll go on from there. I mean, there'll be a little reset and then we'll go on yeah. up again. Uh, I, I'm a beer geek of long standing, and uh, uh, I, I'm a little older and a little slower than I used to be, maybe. But I, I have a, an analogy in that, that when I was eight, okay, which you don't even want to think about, all right, uh, I, discovered, I discovered science fiction, okay? And I read every science fiction book I could get my hands on uh, with two drugstores in the little town I grew up in, and the drugs arrived on Tuesdays and Fridays, and I'd be there on Tuesday, Friday afternoons after school, buy every new paperback I could find, okay? And, and I knew everything about science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I was in my 30s, 40s, somewhere in there, uh-huh. and I found that I could no longer keep up. I mean, just forget it. You know, you, I right. can't do that. Okay. Done the same thing with California wine. Uh, in in the when I in my 20s and my 30s, I'd visited every winery in California. I, I knew all about who was doing what to whom. Mm-hmm. I you know, there's there's 8,000 new wineries in California. You know, I can't. Right. All right. And the same thing is happening to me with beer. I'm a beer geek, but I'm losing the ability to get my arms around all of it. And it's only partly because I'm growing older and slower. The other part is it's exploding. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm probably the same way. And that's why I've kind of pulled back to basics. That's why I have a yeah. Doppelbach on tap. That's why yeah. I have a Hefeweizen. That's sure. Why. And, and, and they're, they're starting a Florida thing where every Florida brewery is trying to have some kind of a wheat with fruit in it thing as a preferably a tropical mm-hmm. fruit, right. you know. As I don't know a, what you're talking as, about. As a well, kind of like a signature Florida beer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I can't even keep up with those. Okay. Mike, <laughs> Mike just brewed a mango passion fruit. Passion wit. fruit wheat. Uh, <laughs> right. Guilty. Is that from the Australian craft brewers by any chance? What's that? Australian craft brewers by any chance? No, no. Their recipe? No. Okay. No. I know. Side note: Brewdog really saw their recipes, yeah. but that's another, whole other thing. So. So how, how well, do you let's guys talk about keep this up beer. with the, to, to put questions back at the host, how do you keep up with all the new, it, it really is where the ramp up here is pretty incredible in the last couple of years as far as new breweries go. I think, I, I'll go first. Uh, to be perfectly honest, Orlando is the worst city in Florida for craft beer, in my opinion. Really? There's no real standout in terms of local stuff. So that allows me to kind of experiment in Miami, South Florida, Tampa, uh, okay. Jacksonville, to kind of see what other kind of breweries have so i'm not overwhelmed with local breweries Why i think, do you think that's Orlando's what lagging behind in this i mean i think we've touched on it in the past yeah, they're I mean, very it's a very transient yeah very transient a lot of people just come and go it's such okay. a it's such yeah. a touristy city oh. and a transient city nobody's from there or live yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so I, I, I probably met a hundred people who lived somewhere where there was snow and one day they just looked at each other and said pack the car pack the kids Let's go down to Orlando and find a job. Yeah, we're going. You know? We're going and, to Disney World. I'm sure. That, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I agree with that. They, yeah. They, they they come in every day to Orlando, and they a lot of them get you know a, a minimum wage or near minimum wage jobs right. at one of the theme parks or as a server in one of the thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of chains around it. But there's no permanency to it. Okay. Right. Uh, this place, uh, I was I, I was living in Huntsville when it opened, but I owned a house three miles from here. I'm back in that house. I was back in that house in '91, but I've been drinking in here since '89. Right. Okay? And and this is this is my local. All right. And uh, 
uh, and you don't have a lot of that in Orlando. This place, we, this, don't get me wrong, this place is transient. Rocket scientists come and rocket scientists go. Okay? Right. And space programs and missile programs go up and down. I, when, when I was managing a project, I used to tell everybody that worked for me, if you haven't updated your resume in the last six months, you don't understand the aerospace industry. Okay. But, I agree with that, yeah, absolutely. But, but it's a different... It, it's not like these overnight guys that, that you overnight minimum wage guys that you get in Orlando. Right. We, it's a higher class of transients. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just how Orlando is. It's very touristy. So, unlike Tampa, unlike Miami, you know, Jacksonville, a lot of people in those cities tend to stay there or you know move away, come back. To where Orlando, it's 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 you know a wheel. It's a rolling door. You're, yeah, which is you're yeah, in you're means. in for a year or two, three, four years, and I'm, you're out somewhere else. I'm a classic Brevard resident. I was born in Michigan. I spent ten, my last 10 years in Michigan in Ann Arbor. I came down here in the 60s to launch missiles and play with missiles. Okay. Pretty and, sweet job. Uh, I went from here to California, <laughs> came back here, went from here to Huntsville, Alabama, came back here, and and, and then retired here. Okay. I so, think they, that's exactly yeah, the reason that, why Orlando the way it that's is. That's kind yeah. of a rocket scientist. Yeah. Yeah, bounce, you, know? and, and you, you always came back at some point. Back. Yeah, okay. yeah, and, and you don't NASA get that in Orlando. Space program is really tied to this area pretty heavily. I mean, so we have rocket scientists in the bar frequently. Yeah. Last month, Buzz Aldrin was back here in the beer garden. Man yeah. on the Moon, Buzz Aldrin was was back here. And Michael Jackson. It's, the it's hard to it's, it's hard wow. to impress him, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this beer garden's beautiful. Buzz, Buzz, Not as beautiful Buzz, as the moon. Buzz lives, yeah. Buzz lives up on Merritt Island, so yeah. does he? Lives he? Here, yeah. yeah, he's he's a local now. Teaches at FIT. Yeah. No, yeah. he does he teach at yeah. FIT? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's an associate professor. All right, professor we're going uh, next episodes. Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Done on the moon. We can make a beer with moon dust. I think we can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, because we were one of the first movers here, and we had got some pretty uh, yeah. cool beer industry people on, like Greg Cook from Stone. He was in here uh, before for an event. What? Larry, Larry Bell from Bells has been here. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, of course, Joy Redner. What, one one of my previous lives as a, while I was a rocket scientist as a hobby, I was part of a beer distributorship, and we brought Larry Bell into Florida. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we also brought. Uh, Dogfish Head and uh, uh, and Boulder and a bunch of other stuff, but you mm-hmm. know, uh, so yeah. And, and you know, I've talked to Larry. Okay, yeah. I've, I've talked to Sam. I've talked, you know. Sam's and, my crappier hero. Oh, he's a great guy. Crappier hero, Sam Calgione. What do you think, uh, Jeff? Why why is Orlando the way it is? Well, partially because the just spit in the mic. Partially because, um, <laughs> partially because, well, all due to the tourism, but partially because the tourism leads to you making your beers for a majority rather than a minority, which means you're making your beers for the tourists who want to drink the Florida wheat beer cool. that tastes like passion fruit. Um, so when you're when you're appealing to the gimmick of tourism, you're going to make your beers that appeal to tourists who are looking for that Florida thing rather than a good beer. So they want a light wheat beer. They want something tropical. So when you're making your beers for tourists, your beer is not going to be made for quality. It's going to be made for the gimmick of we're Florida. Two, I don't think there's a lot of people that are permanent residents of Orlando, which means they haven't had a lot of time to establish a brewery, get a foothold in the community. The community is constantly changing. Their, your clientele is constantly changing. You don't really know where to target or what to do. So you make mass appeal beers and that's kind of why orlando does that i mean orlando has a lot of breweries and they have breweries that make a lot of decent wheat beers some nice lagers and some hefeweizens and some things but nobody's making that stellar you know 
nail it, hit it a home run with right. it, Imperial Stout or double IPA because we don't have that clientele in Orlando. They're they're there, but they just don't think they're there, and the the brewers haven't been there long enough to target what their audience is and put out beer for the minority rather than appealing to the majority of tourists. Yeah. I feel like the culture isn't there too. Sorry, no, Mac. No, go, go ahead. I feel like the culture isn't there too. I think that's a big problem, and I think that's part of my hatred of what we're trying to make as a Florida style. You know, we're trying to do the Berliner Weiss, but we're not really doing anything new to it. Or we're trying to do it in Tampa. They're trying to do the lager, but they're doing absolutely nothing new. They're just calling it a Tampa lager. You know, I think what we really need to do is find something that's unique to Florida. Here, we could have an IPA with some delicious oranges in it or grapefruits, but now that's already done, and we should have done that before, and that could have been us. You're right. We missed an opportunity. And if you look at like Carolina or something. You know, you go anywhere in Carolina, you see breweries from all over the state. They distribute in the state. But I can't even get Cigar City right here. It's tough. And Orlando, it's there's only a couple bottle shops that I know of where I can get anything. You know, I'm not going to find Miami in Orlando. At least it's tough for me to find Miami right. in Miami. I, I would disagree with both of you guys on the fact that I like the idea of all the breweries in Florida, each finding an individual fruited Berliner Weiss, if you would, you know, a slightly sour wheat beer with a different tropical fruit in it and making it so that you have a you have a central theme that ties all the, the, the Florida breweries together that is and yes we have a Florida beer and it is a slightly sour beer with some tropical fruit or other in it and, and fine they got to make enough money to stay open right okay and after they stay open uh, then they can start making you know other things but that that little bit of exoticism uh, appeals to the tourists, and, it, and it'll keep a lot of them open, and then maybe consolidate the beer, uh, the, the, the small breweries in Florida, to the point where then they can go on more and better things. So I, yeah. don't, I have no objection. What's, I like kind of like the idea of, of a, a Berliner Weiss with a tropical fruit in it as being a theme beer at every brewery in Florida. And, and then we need have, to name it you Florida style. You don't have style. to have them all right. on your lineup. You don't have to have two on your lineup. Just, yeah. But what if we did this? What if we took that Berliner style and instead of making it slightly tower, sour, we gave it, made it real acidic, and we put fruit in it. So it was unique to Florida, not something that's been done in Berlin right. for forever. Let's make it unique to Florida. Let's take what we have, that oranges, those passion fruits, all those great things. The citrus fruits. Great no, yeah. But in Berlin, you Now I have to speak on behalf of the, uh, the, the dealing with the, uh, the young and not-too-beer-geeky uh, tourists. Okay, right. You make it too sour, and they're not going to go near it. You yep. got you got to keep it in a flavor range that they will appreciate, uh, and 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 I, I have cannot tell you how many people I've handed a really lambic sour beer to, and they said, you know, and and they don't yeah. want to come. You got to keep it where you know, approachable, where where we'll hook the tourists. Okay, right. Uh, and, and then and then once you have that theme running in all the and all the uh, the, uh, the breweries in Florida. Uh, then, then they can go their own ways with a little bit of financial cushion under them. You know, so, yeah. So well, I, I think, know. and I think that's the reason that for us who are in the beer community, we don't view those breweries the same way that they're viewed by tourists because they are putting out beers that apply to their palate. Where gotcha. we're looking for something that is a sour Berliner that's unique and different, and somebody, tr- you know. Okay. I, I, I will argue that. You, you got to get them financially stable, and the quickest way to get them financially stable is to find something to hook the tourists. Mm-hmm. Once the tourists are hooked, and they grow a little bit, then they, they can they can sit there and they can make their their touristy Berliner Weiss with whatever tropical fruit in it, and then they can turn around and make it three times as sour for for, for all of us, and, 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 <laughs> and everybody will be happy. But but you know, I think it's a good 
common theme for Florida to start with, and it will sell, and, and we get more tourists in a given year than any other state in the union. So why yep. not why not lean on them just a little bit? Yeah. So what did you think of the Cantillon, Jeff? Uh, I think it's incredible. I was actually like, I was sitting here like, we need to talk about this beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just uh, trust um, me, I was gonna let that go by. It's it's incredible. We were saying, I mean, Cantillon. I don't think I've ever had a beer that's not incredible by them. Uh, and and I don't know their brewing process. Uh, Jason said that he knows a little bit more about it, so I'll let him touch that more. But um, it, it you know this is made with love, and they took the yeah. time to make sure it tastes exactly right before it goes out. Um, there's nothing, you know, too creatively different about it it's very simplistic but this that's the, the par, beauty of it that's the, that's the par goose right that's the beauty yeah. of it is that it's so simplistic yeah. and perfect on every level that it it nails everything and i don't really particularly love sours yet it's my big thing i'm that's working why i on want right to now. ask you what you thought and this is i mean it's not now. too tart it's not too acidic it's not too sour it's not too salty it's it's right in line with everything you want yeah. out of a goose so it's, it's a, amazing it's a simple beer but it's in no way simple to make as jason would be right. more than happy to explain to you i'm sure because oh yeah it's, it's multi-step mm-hmm. okay, so. and it's still spontaneously fermented right yeah. so it's it's yeah. made the correct way yeah. not the way that we try yeah. to do sours here it's, it's a simple but perfected yeah. oh it's yeah. Yeah. absolutely yeah. perfect they, yep. but, but hard to do like i said they, they had to delay their fermentation this year this year because it was just too warm in uh, early fall in, in brussels and they don't have refrigeration on their on their tanks. So, yeah, well, basically, open the windows and you see what happens. Yeah, and basically, if there's a 500 year old spider web up there, don't touch it. You know, yep. because, that's the because, house spider. I've, I've the heard house, that. Yeah, I've those, heard that. Yeah, and, that, and those are the, the, those nests are holding the house yeast. Okay, and when you open the shutters and let the breeze blow through, and the yeast falls into those shallow pans where this stuff is fermenting, uh, you know, it's essentially spontaneous fermentation. That is. Control over 500 years spontaneous fermentation. They've been yeah. well. The, the it's yeast incredible. The yeast and the beer have been working against each other or with each other for hundreds of years, and it's a stable system. You don't want to mess with it. Absolutely it's not. Phenomenal. They nailed it. Yeah, phenomenal. I say it was Jolly Pumpkin, and don't quote me on this one because my memory is horrendous. But I think it was Jolly Just Pumpkin. Just make it up. Yeah, but you make <laughs> it up as I go. It's okay. <laughs> we'll correct it in the comments, right? Um, Someone that's what I will. heard. Yeah. Uh, so they moved brew houses, and their product was not the same as it was. And they in their old brew house, they had like this terribly like i'll say moldy disgusting roof and what they ended up figuring out is i guess some of that was getting into their beer making it the way it was so they actually took the roof off and moved it to their brand wow. new brew house and they hung it over top of the fermentation tanks wow jolly and pumpkin they, did i that? think it was jolly pumpkin no. don't quote me jolly, on that jolly some, pumpkin. Uh, some uh, brewery did that okay. I, I'm, I was part of the beer distribution uh, organization that brought jolly pumpkin to florida and i've been in their old brewery uh, in uh, Milan, Michigan, right outside Ann Arbor. I've never been in their new brewery, and I don't know that. Uh, in Warren, that, right there in Warren. I don't. I can't. I can't vouch for that. For that. that well, Jason's story. on Here's his own. My on laptop. That one. I'm, I'm going with <laughs> He's that. on his own on that one. Yeah. It's a. It's a great story, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't dispute it either. Okay. Uh, so. so on that note, Dave. Well, we're, we're next batch here, and our next tasting. Uh, this Dome is ready. from Bruges, and Bruges is an awesome city. If you ever make it to Europe, you've got to go to Bruges. One of the few cities that was not touched by the wars. So it, it's essentially a medieval city. It still has a moat around it. You still have to drive over the moat to get into the old city center. Say what? And in the old city center, there's a building that dates back to 1542. That was, um, and they're brewing beer in it uh, for the last however many hundred years. Hey, you know all this wow. by going to Europe. I, I was there five, five months ago, yeah. This has oh, one of the coolest there. noses on a beer that I can't even pick out what's yeah, sti- like stylistically, even, yeah. this is completely obscure to me. I have no idea. It's a barley wine. It's Belgian. It's not obscure <laughs> at all. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can do anything, but this the nose is is awesome. It's delicious. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't even smell like a Belgian beer at all. No, it's definitely it, not. A little bit. So, a little bit so floral. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. So this is now our standard house quad instead of St. Bernard's Ab 12, which is a fantastic beer, but it's pretty readily available. Props to you for doing that. Um, yeah. And this is so. This is a little more hard to find. Uh, we know the folks that send it over to the U.S. now, and uh, we're kind of one of their approved bars. So now they're sending us over some super crazy stuff for us for Belgian Beer Fest. Some aged, uh, some multi-year aged, barrel aged beers uh, that should be available next weekend. Yeah. And beyond. The, the talent wow. here in this brewery is amazing. And and just walking through these you know, 400-year-old buildings so where yeah. they're still brewing beer today is pretty amazing. What, what brewery is this? This is a Half Man Brewery, which means Half okay. Moon yeah. uh, in Bruges. Awesome. I, the taste they're, I got was so malty, I didn't expect it compared yeah, to like, a, a little bit bitey of a nose. And 11.5%. You never see that coming. No, I just took a big sip, and it did not taste like 11.5% at all. So they've kind of, they've outgrown their riches a bit to where they're they're able to export beer. They're able to make and export a lot of beer now uh, relative to how they used to be. And... But Bruges itself is such a historic city that the, the the town council wants their trucks out of town before 10 a.m. so the tourists can arrive. Right. <laughs> so what they've done is they've gotten with the city, and now they're working on a beer pipeline that's going to literally be a beer pipeline that runs along the incoming water supply that ships their beer out of the city limits, outside the moats, to where they can package this just outside city limits. Wow. So they take beer pretty seriously <laughs> in Belgium. Yeah, you're not kidding. So my question is, you might have covered it, how do you establish such a relationship to get these, you know, kinds of beers? Um, pretty tenacious, I guess. Uh, travel a lot. Like the travel. Is and travel pester- mean the right people? You know what? As, uh, pestering helps a lot. You really should pester people. That's my new move now. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. <laughs> now, now we know. Be that, 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 that <laughs> I, Many, many years ago when I was poking around California, I actually lived in California for four years and I was a... Uh, my, my, I was working for people here uh, in Santa Barbara County, Vandenberg Air Force Base, and, and and they'd go home at four in the afternoon on Friday, so it's one o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, and I would leave and head north uh, towards the Napa Valley and, and and poke around, and and I learned very early on that you know they'll test you, okay. I uh, I I went in I went in a winery uh, on a Saturday morning and I spoke to the fellow who was there and I asked him about a tour of the winery and he says well uh, we schedule tours on the uh, on the half hour only and you just you know it's three quarters of that so you got 45 minutes he says, come back in 45 minutes and we should be able to do a tour for you mm-hmm. that's a test if you don't come back in 45 minutes you come back some other time you know you're gonna get the same routine again I came back in 45 minutes uh, I ended up really good friends with the guy I still correspond with him he's gone through three jobs and things like that but you know but they'll test you and they'll, and they do the same thing at the breweries you got to be serious or, or you got to have a hook yeah okay? I, I, I had a whole day at Weinstephan one time because a friend of my wife's had given the brewmeister the head of the brewmeister school permission to put his name on one of her poems so he owed her big time uh-huh. and she collected the favor by you know Giving us a, a, a free day at Weinstephan, with with a full time guide and in and the out of the beer st- in the world. Yeah, in, in, in and out of the beer stube and around to look at this and look at that. You know, great. You know, so you either got to have a hook, or, or you got to be a little persistent. Okay, but both that's ways- not hard to do either. You know, being you know that thorn more or less. Well, 
good good news was my wife lived ten years in Germany and was fluent. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So this is this beer is really good. Very good. Uh, it's it's very, impressive. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot a more light malty bo- than a light body quad. That's yeah. really nice. Easy yeah. drinking. Right. Yeah. I really thought is we were going to get some hop bite to it with the aroma. I get a little bit of bitterness yeah. in the aroma, and I thought, man, I'm going hmm. mean, to. All these beers right. have been phenomenal. Yeah, it's like you super know? smooth. You really get that candy sugar flavor that I want out of a quad. It's right. really good, but I don't get that alcohol heat. I don't get that. It's it's pretty impressive at 11, 11.5% that they hide it that well. You, it's just pretty yeah, scary. And, really. It tastes I mean, like 7 nose, or 8%. The nose yeah. just yeah. smells so great Different. that it almost tricks your body into thinking it's not 11.5%. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. Yeah, that's why I was like, I don't know what style we're yeah. we're looking at here. Yeah. And you get that nice full body. It's real delicious, real smooth, and not hot. Yeah, it's good. Cool. So, so you need to bring your camera back on Friday or, or Saturday and uh, and run the draft line. I mean, these beers have all been phenomenal, and I know I talked to Jeff. You know, I'm not I'm not an expert in Belgian beers. Kind of stayed away because one, they're more higher price than normal. Sure, they are. Yeah. Um, and then two, they're very not plain, but like kind of get the same thing more or less. You get the yeast, you're like no, okay, this is this is good, whatever. Compared to other styles where you get more complexity and stuff like that. And looking at your menu real fast, your beers aren't that expensive for what you're getting. Uh, kind of like I want to point that out specifically because yeah. it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, we like to deliver a good product at a reasonable price. And I, I don't want to rip anybody off any more than I like to be ripped off when I'm a customer. So it's fair pricing is pretty much what we go by. For example. That's the cornerstone of what you're doing. Yeah. You got to you take care of your customers, they'll take care of you. And, and you know what? If some of these beers were two bucks more per sample, you would, people wouldn't try them. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. You're, uh, you're at Doppelbach? I don't yeah, know how to say that. Index? Yeah, Doppelbach. Is five seventy? Yeah, I should be charging seven bucks for that probably. Yeah, five seventy for that. I yeah, paid. He's taking a pen right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I should be charging more. So, 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 <laughs> and, right. so Andex is um, the uh, it's a monastery about forty five minutes southwest of Munich, and uh, their their beer is pretty amazing. It's it's been rated the best Doppelbach in the world for quite a few years. I now. paid six dollars for a Keybelly last night. For reference. I paid fifteen dollars. Wow. Key Billy is fantastic. I love it, but in comparison, yeah, fifteen I'm just bucks. Saying. Fifteen bucks for a six pack of Sculpin IPA, which is insanity. But that's the price it is off the shelf. Yeah. So in comparison, you have a double lock eight percent versus a six and a half. And those are bar prices too. And and uh, and import, which I hate that word, but an import beer that is high end and high ABV, and it's it's. That probably, that's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. That's an amazing place. If you ever make it to Germany, you have to go by Index. It's on, it's on a hill. It's an old monastery that, uh, that the bunks are still brewing beer. We were at the, we went there actually this past October again and stopped by for lunch having a, a nice half liter of the Daffelbach. Right. And next to you, the actual monk's robe, here he comes. He's sitting down having lunch. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. So, I had some buddies go to West Flederen, and um, oh I have God. friends from Belgium. They grew up in Belgium and stuff, so they ca- they came over here. But it's the pictures that they have when they go get the beer and bring it to us, yeah. you'll see a monk, and he's like complete garb in his monastery, and he's like on an iPad, and you're like, this is so <laughs> wrong. Is it West Flederen or West Vleteren? West Vleteren, as far as I know. If you, if you go there, and you Saint ask, Sixtus. It's West Latron. Interesting. If, if you're there. Yeah, but, but you know. We, we, we had a goose earlier, right? Yeah. Can you say goose in Flemish? It's kind of like clearing your throat. Is it a geist? <laughs> oh, you know. So it's goza. Yeah. 
Well, no, it's well, well two different. No, it's German. Ghost is a different style yeah, of beer. German, style. German, but but the Flemish for goose is like, you know, right? It's like clearing your throat. Right, right, right. And uh, so, never argue with the way the locals. Just get close enough that they'll bring you one. <laughs> I want <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I'll say my, my Flemish friend from Belgium calls it Saint Sixtus, so she'll just call it Sixtus, and that's what she references for the monastery okay. and the twelve, which is their West Vlederen twelve, right. Belgian strong. West Vlederen. West Vlederen. Vlederen. If you go there, though. I just say oh, Westy because yeah. everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nailed it. So going on with this prices, Lindemann's Frambois, five dollars a flute. That's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to drink Frambois. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. These these crows are, by, are yeah. crazy. That, that's a boat-tailed grackle. They're I call them parking lot birds because they hang out. In, you know, you see them around all the WalMarts and things like that. <laughs> they, they pick up. They pick up. They, they're, they're flying raccoons. He's right. They're, they'll pick up any kind of garbage or scraps. They're, they're as good as seagulls. They're down for whatever. Good for them, man. They're helping the community. Yeah. <laughs> one one more price I want I want to point out your Central Twenty Eight, which is or, Orlando-ish. Uh, they're a little north. There's Mary. Miss Mary Brown Ale, five twenty-five. Should that's, they charge you more for that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's prices. essentially brewery prices there. Maybe on the north side of Orlando, not necessarily. It's a little north. It's there. Charge the higher price over there. The difference over here. here is that we're also, we, we sell more food than we sell beer. No, we're, we're a restaurant before we're a, a brew pub. And right. We have a much larger. You have the luxury of selling exactly. at a reduced price, yeah, you're which in. is still great if you're coming box. here to drink, you Pretty know. Good, yeah. 32 taps and you're paying brewery prices? I gar- I guarantee that that's a huge reason that the regulars you have are yeah. coming. And that's yeah. that's what you I mean you found what works for you and that's awesome. Yeah, Cuz I I I mean we appreciate it. And I'm sure I'm sure you have a handful of regulars who appreciate oh, that. So Absolutely. This guy's been coming for uh, That's awesome cuz that's I mean now. that's you I take mean, care of them they're going to take care of you for a long time. Right. I've never seen Frambois for $5 ever. It, it's it, this is a small town too. I mean, we're, we're not overrun with tourists like you were in Orlando, and right, you, you run into the gr- same I mean, people at the bar as you do, you know, taking your kids to soccer practice or whatever. Right. So, it's it's a small town. It's a different. Us, I think. We're we're completely off the beaten path, but we get great beer. So it's like the perfect you the perfect combination yeah. to have cheap You're beer right. and the, the a great product. I mean, your pricing is. It's My fair. gosh, it's, it's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's beyond fair. Well, see, if, if you're a beer geek, you know I, I live a, a little over three miles from here, just o- just on the other side of the Indian River, the bridge, okay, right. on the bank yeah, yeah, yeah. of the river. Yeah, and uh, uh, and, and four blocks from my house, uh, there's a brew pub, Intracoastal Brewing. Okay, so I can walk <laughs> four blocks one way, or I can drive three miles, or hike three miles the other way, yeah. and be in coasters. I mean. If you're a beer geek, uh, you know, it's like paradise. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's why I was really surprised with the pricing. You know, Belgian beers, you're, you're paying 8 $9 for a snifter to where you could get a flute of Frambois for 5 bucks here. Like, unheard of. So I, I, It's just I don't want to rip people off. And it's, uh, people, I think that's, I they'll think, come back as a return customer. I think a good trick is being on the other side of the bar and – Knowing what it's like to pay yeah. a premium, and once you make that switch from in front to behind it, yeah. you kind of appreciate, you know, the other half of the, you know for, that for that sure. life. And, and yeah, I was a like I said, I was a regular at this bar, so the, the customers knew me. Yeah, and then uh, then I also well, you're the owner now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so I prices. I gotta give you a lot of props on the pricing because I know we we uh we 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 ding pricing a little bit. You know, it's not worth. You know, uh, well, you also have like, you're in the tourism 
bubble over there in Orlando where tourist it, it prices as a tourist, it's like you're on the price. Would be right. more inf- inflated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like prices right pricing where a, where a TV is ten thousand I mean, dollars. There's there's a brewery that I know Jeff is a, is a sarcastically a huge fan of. They were they were pricing for their pints was in line with Green Flash. Wow, okay. that's were, were the pints in line with Green Flash. That's not proud. the one that I'm sarcastically. Uh, I'm I sarcastically like. mentioning is your favorite brewery. No, you're you have them confused. You're talking about Persimmon Hollow, and you're no. And my story is Persimmon about Hollow is factual. The other one is sarcastically your favorite brewery because sure. you you have such a burning because hatred my, because they're my least favorite brewery. Yeah, yeah. But their their pints of beer was was in line with Green Flash. They and went, they're in they Sanford. Went, so they went into distribution. Wow. Amber Ale. They went into distribution <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of beers that they had upgraded uh, their brewing, all their brewing equipment to meet distribution. Thanks. They didn't fine-tune or, or change their recipes in any way. They didn't test their packaging. They did nothing. They just said, oh, here's our recipe. We're going to brew it on a larger scale. They put it out. Everything came out metallic and watered down. Oh, wow. Everything. So we had a, a launch event for them. And we are there, you know, hey, you're a local guy. We'll, we'll do a launch for you. And they tell us the price of their kegs, and they were line priced with Green Flash Brewing. And they're a local brewer that is non-established. Nobody has heard of them. And they're, they- they're pricing their slims at the same price as Green Flash. And we still did the event because we're like, you know, we're still going to support local. We want to, you know, we want to have you guys come out. And when they came out and their beers all tasted the same, watered down, metallic. Wow. Just, they they never fine tune the new the new brewery equipment. Um, I had heard rumors through through their distributor that they had issues with the cleaning properly. Uh, all their lines were were gunked up, and I'm like, this is a brewery that's trying to charge the same as Green Flash. Which granted, like I don't think Green Flash is like some stellar brewery, but like their beers are consistent in quality, and they're coming from the other side of the country, not. Yeah. Not 10 miles away. And yeah. a lot of hops, too. I mean, you got to consider that, and, too. Hops and, are and really expensive. There's all kinds of places they can right. stop on the way across the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and that's, exactly. Here, that's actually a great so, point because. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, all right. uh, under the previous owner right. to Coasters, uh, I, like I had a chat with him one day. I, I happen to like uh, uh, a couple of Anchors beers, and, uh, uh, and I was really hoping to get to see some old Foghorn on draft. And uh, he did. He did it once or twice. But but basically, uh, this is this is 20th century, not 21st century argument. Okay. Right. But basically, the, the, he says, you know, look at it from Anchor's point of view. If I'm going to put a keg of any of Anchor's beers on draft, Anchor commits three kegs. There's one going back. There's one coming, and there's one on draft. Okay. And and that's a, you know, they don't have to commit three kegs to any one of 25 nearby pubs in San Francisco right. that right. will put it on and, and, and they have to worry about the shipping and worry about getting them back. You know, how many people do you know that have an old beer keg that they found somewhere in their backyard? Right. Every, those beer kegs cost somebody every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But just, just, the, just the commitment to have three kegs. In, in transit, in to, for for coasters to have one on draft, plus a little right. tap handle. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They, money. yeah and, uh, you, you'd be amazed at how much money you can lose with people take, making off with your tap handles. Oh, and, and I mean, <laughs> another thing, you, guys, yeah, you, you guys, I used, know. you guys used to drive me. Uh, well, we don't have them anymore. Life. Now, okay. now it's a company mandate that we are not allowed to have beers without the proper brewery tap handle. Well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to refuse beer. That I ordered because they don't know. I'm going to make a tap handle for it. No, well, but but <laughs> but, but uh, uh, Wob used to have 
Every beer that ever been poured, that they kept. Oh my bad. God! Some of them still yeah. do, and I it and, drives me and, nuts. Those and, are the ones that are screwing us over. And, and yeah. if and if it, if you're somebody like I was when I was in the beer manufacturing business, uh, and we were struggling, okay, that tap handle staying there hurt. Oh, of course. Okay. Now you can leave, you can have it as long as you want, as long as you keep bringing the beer in. That's but, taking but your twenty dollar bill and stapling it to the yeah, wall. Yeah, you can, but one of the. Uh, one of the problems was that there, uh, the, 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 it was a big thing to rotate and rotate and rotate. So you'd come back, but in the meantime, that you wasted a year of that tap handle. You yep, know? absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you completely. And the other thing that actually that uh, Jason just brought up was uh, was a good point with Green Flash is that they brew a lot with hops, and that's another reason their, their price is high because hops are expensive. But also, it's a huge commitment for a California brewery that does a lot of hops to sell in Florida too because. They're committing to sell a beer that might not taste the same way they intend it to. True. By the time it makes it to Florida, hops yep. fall Absolutely. off very quickly. By the time that beer gets tapped, there's no guarantee that that's the freshest that they wanted it to be. So, of course, it's going to be expensive for you to sell that beer here. And then you have a guy 10 miles down the road selling for the same price, and it's like you have none of the same issues that this other brewery has, and you're trying to sell at the same price as them. It's like, what do you, yeah. you what's, the, what's the problem? Right. What are you doing? And I made a joke about it earlier, probably nobody got, but I was like, and they probably sent you an amber ale. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you get an amber ale and it's like next to like a triple IPA and it's the same price and you're like, wait a minute here. That's right. Not no, right. yeah. I mean, Green Flash West Coast, I think you have West Coast on right now. Yeah. Uh, incredible IPA. Honestly, like it is. as far yeah. as West Coast style, very hoppy, yeah. hugely upfront hoppy, but very balanced in the finish. And it's, it is a complex IPA that I enjoy. And I don't like a lot of IPAs sure. because I don't think they're in balance. That one nails it. Um, that beer deserves to be more expensive than the Joe Schmo's milk stout, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the problem is a lot of these guys get too big for their britches yeah. right out the gate and they think they're hot shit. Yeah. They're a, they're a big fish in a small market. So, so what are, what are we uh, what are we drinking so, now, so, Dave? So getting back to <laughs> basics, uh, the, the, the Belgium Triple. These folks Woo! invented it. Westmall. Westmall, uh, which is one of the uh, few Trappist brewers. They definitely also have the first double. If you ever had a double, these guys did the first one. Really? Jeff has I a healthy healthy heaping over there. I, I have a huge good thing class. You're a co-pilot. Sorry about that. It's, it's good okay. for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding shotgun on the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The nose is light on this. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a really classic triple, and you know, and it's right on. This is kind of the 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 par. It's just a benchmark for that all that all triples kind of base themselves on of. Yeah. Just like a lot. It's it's a big flavor. Yeah. Big, you know, punch in the mouth. And again, the alcohol is hidden. Oh, it's there. Well, that's in La Fin de Mon is a triple, I believe, right? By Unibrew. Yeah. I think so. I think La Fin. The flavor is this is similar, but I think the booziness comes through more. I like that this hides the booziness a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it does. For a very similar, I mean, look, Unibrew does great beers, but this is obviously it's Trappist. It's it's probably been around a hell of a lot longer. And yeah, these uh, are the inventors of the style, right? Much. So, so this, like I said earlier when we were off camera, unfortunately, but I, I think that Belgian beers do a, a great job of hiding ABV. And this one does an amazing job of it because there's none of that yeah. booziness for a triple. It takes a lot of skill to do that. Yeah, it does. Something well, unique I, I like love about triples too is, I think they're very. I'll say crisp. I won't say hoppy, but you get that crispness with yep. the sweetness, like palate cleansing almost. It is, yeah. and it's um, yeah. 
a, a very balanced beer, but it's that Christmas that's yeah, great. Yeah, the crisp right. finish, almost yeah. lagery, even though it's not a lager. I, I don't want to bash it, but, saying, but you know what I mean, very crisp. Mm-hmm. If you can use a 10 or 11% alcohol beer as a palate cleanser. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Great job. Only in Belgium, right? <laughs> only, only in Belgium, or, or in coasters, or in, you know. <laughs> that's you know, where, yeah. You, you have to be really careful about doing that if you're expecting to go home that night. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's where I got to disagree, yeah. unfortunately, with my co-host, where I think that that I'm not particularly huge on Belgian beers myself, but I do think they're ex- insanely complex. Mm. Oh, um, always. I, and I think German beers, which is where he'll probably come back and be like, German beers are so complex. I think German beers are not so complex. I would agree with you. Um, there, yeah. and, and I think Belgian beers, there's so much you can do with them that th- from every aspect, carbonation, mouthfeel, sm- nose, uh, everything, there's just a million different ways that every style can taste. And I'm not a usually yeast-forward guy, so they're not my favorite styles, but I do appreciate how complex, like like I said, this tastes like Lafin, but hides the booze completely and has a crisp finish. And it's like, how many different styles of beer can have that many different taste notes that are, you know, obscure right. and, and different just for that style? It's but okay, I do. Jeff. We We're allowed dis- to disagree, disagree occasionally. I mean, I like Belgians. They're, they're simple but complex. <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of that. <laughs> Good thing we're on the other side of the table. I think there's a whole style of German beers that are that are very complex. You know, the box, the double box. You know, that whole realm yeah. that American. You have to be, they about. do everything in that mouthfeel, everything you get in your taste buds with four ingredients, and yeah. you have to really work those four ingredients hard sometimes. Like with, with triple decoctions with them, with uh, some of their beers well, yeah. to, to bring out some of those. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Munich. Um, I spent like a week in Munich. Not, and when I say a little bit of time, that makes it sound longer than it actually was. I spent a week in Munich, um, and the beers were all very similar everywhere you went. Everybody had the yep. same thing on tap, and they all had like a strong lager, a lager, and like a doppelbock, and like kind of, and, and it was just like yep. regular. And then honestly, like some just light pilsners and things. Like that was all it. And it's like I always went because at the time when I went, I wasn't into craft beer, so I was all. I'll admit it. I was the I, I was the ABV whore. But that's that's I'm the Miller Lite guy. Germany I'm like is very very territorial. I mean, they're, they're right. have their little batch of beer here. The next town over is going to have different set of the same sort of beers, but right. different ones. So well, I thought you, to you myself, won't find I'm a like, place with thirty beers, different yeah, beers on tap. I could drink. I could drink four beers on tap at each bar I went to, and I tried everything that they have to offer. And it's like, I get that there is complexities to German styles, but there's less popular German styles that are great. And then there's, like, the four main styles that they focus on that all taste eerily similar to each other. The ABV fluctuates. The mouthfeel fluctuates a little bit. But they all taste a little bit the same. And those are the ones that they, you know, throw at you. They throw at you nonstop. Nailed it. If if you have a month sometime. It's going to take a month. You're right, Mike. (laughs) Start up by the Baltic. Because that, that's and, your Berliner Weiss is up there. And, 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 and not only the Berliner Weiss, but the, there's a trend in, in the British Isles and, and in Germany, the same trend that the, the beers are drier and hoppier at the north end and maltier and maybe a little more complex. I just spent a lot of time at, in the, the south, south end, man. So south think, <laughs> think of cultures, though. But, but if, if you if just drive down highway and you stop in every little town five, ten clicks apart, Okay, there'll be a brewery, and you'll find the the, the Gasthaus for that brewery. Okay, and and they'll they'll show you their beers, they'll feed you your beer, those their beers, and they'll tell you, now this is the way beer is made. Those guys five clicks north, they don't know, they don't know how to make beer. But you, but if you do that and you just work your way down, 
your beers will be about 50% more malty by the time you get to Munich than they are when you're on the Baltic coast, you know, and... Uh, yeah, but but it's every every single stop. Nah, those other people, east, west, north, south, they don't know how to make beer. Only perfect beer is made only here. You know? I kind of got that vibe when I was there too. Yeah, that's that's the way it works. If you're ever in Philly, there's a place called the Hofbrau uh, Hof House, and I only bring this up on a Florida podcast for one reason. Because this one we don't, in Tampa, right? Huh? This one in Tampa, right? There, there may be. I don't know. I, I don't know there if is. there's yeah. I, I don't know if it's Hofbrau a chain House. or if it's, no, it's separate. One. But so the one in Philly, they've got like 70 beers on tap, which is a lot, but it's all German. But they go through all the different styles. Good. And there's, you could sit in one place and you can get a bunch of different beer. And they have a lot of beers that only go to the Hop Rap House. They're nowhere else in America except for the place in Philly. And they'll tell you that a lot as you're walking in the door. But there's a lot of variation there that you would never guess because, like America, we're getting. You know, in America, you go to a place and it's like, oh, pale ale, IPA. Right. Everybody's got, like, the same thing. You're like, well, this pale ale kind of tastes like this IPA, which kind, you know. Or the, the Pilsners, as we were talking about, kind of off off mic. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's got, like, four Pilsners on, and you're like, is this really that different? And, you know, and the thing is, like, a, a truly German style that I think is underrated because it, because Pilsners have eclipsed it is, is a Kolsch. And I think Kolsches are incredible because they're almost a hybrid of lager and ale. They have great flavor. They're brewed at an ale temperature, but they're a lager style. And it's just, they have a body that's not seen in a lot of lagers that still has that same kind of light flavor. And I think Kolsch's should make a huge comeback. However, everybody's pushing these German Pilsners all day. And it's like, if you took the time to think which style would sell better, just based on flavor and complexity, you'd you'd be pushing Kolsch's all day, but you don't. You know, or if, even if, Munich Dunkels. I mean, if you, go, if, if you go to Cologne, where Kolsch comes yeah. from, okay, uh, you know, they're, they're each each place sells only one variety. There's seven or eight varieties, but you have to go to different places. To, okay, but it's it's like a, a 300 milliliter. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, it, it's uh, less uh, about 200 milliliter probably. It's a small glass, okay, but but they'll bring you a lot of them. <laughs> but they just keep bringing them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and marking on your beer decal uh, every one so that when the time comes to pay, they just look at how many marks they've made around the beer coaster, and uh, and that's what you pay for. That's know? awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, I mean, dude, this list is crazy, but Belgians is, they've grown on me after today. You know, I've, I've finally been able to dive into Belgians and, Finally beginning to get a feel for him. Get a feel for it, yeah. I've always been intimidated by Belgians. This so. could be ruin your night, really. This is, this is a My night's never ruined when I drink. This is a 1996 uh, beer from Belgium. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. So and, glad and, I showed and, up today. And it, and, and it was corked, a cork finish. So, yeah. uh, so we got uh, some crazy old Mac. Uh, we opened up a 1960 semi-bottle bottle for a Valentine Burton Ale one night. Yeah. Uh, that's... That, the, uh, I, I've been told that uh, uh, PBR is—they're doing some historical style beers occasionally. PBR. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> they uh, still put them in bags, though. And they're, yeah. And they're, yeah. And it's they're, they're, talking, they're talking about trying to bring back the uh, this Burton Ale that hasn't been made in the United States since the the sixties or there. Sixty-four, I think. Yeah. And uh, and and they they rummaged around on the internet and they found a video where 
there, there were two people talking about and drinking this beer, and it's Dave and I. <laughs> so they want to talk to us. But they, 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 uh, nothing ever came back, so I think they right. probably dropped the idea. Yeah. <laughs> we had, uh, me and Jeff, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had a we did a blind taste testing of a, a 10-year-old Budweiser. Carbonation in there still. Interesting. And, so. and what they, it's, a, it's a private reserve, so it's like Budweiser brews the first runoffs of whatever beer, and they give it to employees only. It was a 2006 batch of Budweiser Private Reserve. That's what they that. called it. I remember that release, yeah. They, and so, but Budweiser and Bud Light, when they do it, they um, essentially they stretch that batch of beer out as far as they can. This yeah. is the first runoffs of one of the batches, yeah. I think. It was really good. Really? Really good. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Funny. Well, it's funny that they're, they're throwing away their first runnings, which as a brewer, I'm like, that's like the cream of the crop, you know? Yeah. No, but they no, give it to employees. They take yeah. it away. Yeah. Well. Uh, that, that makes you question, like, why would they do that? And not bottle it and sell it like Beachwood aged. Yeah, <laughs> the hard way. The hard way. Yeah, we're the hard way. But it was ten years old. There was some sediment in it, but it. Jeff said it smelled like a barley wine, which I give him crap for. But it was. We're talking about the uh, the ten year old Budweiser from the other week. Because Dave just cracked open 1996. Uh, That's okay. 96. So this thing's legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My goodness. A 96. I don't know that we. could be vinegar at this point. No one knows. I don't know that we qualify to drink a beer this old. So I, I brought up how we the, had the, the beer is old enough to drink itself at this point. Yeah. That's true. So I brought up the, uh, the we had the 10 year old Budweiser. What is this? Rinse for. Uh, water. <laughs> what is this? Water. <laughs> Please don't drink that one. There's no. What is this? It's like drinking the swill at. Pure vodka. Uh, yeah. Drinking the swill at a homebrew comp. So I'm thoroughly. Would this be a weird beer, Jeff? I, I'm, what I'm what is it? What, what's the style? Twenty-year-old. Uh, oh yeah, there's definitely some, but wow. light for sure. Twenty-year-old. What is it? So wait, what was the one? What was the Budweiser yeah, we had? Uh, 2006 Private Reserve. It was 2006. Yeah, uh, for employees only. Yeah. Yeah, we drank a Private Reserve Budweiser. And they threw out the bottle. Can you believe I think that? It might no. be. Really? That's got to be on a wall somewhere. It was really weird. It, w- it actually tasted like a barley wine. It was really insane. It or was a double box. <laughs> Interesting we stuff. Couldn't figure it out. It. We found out afterwards it was warning, a double Warning, box. warning, warning. <laughs> it says on the label brewed with spices. Oh, all right. <laughs> I wonder how the spices <laughs> lasted spices 20 years. Tier, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they're completely gone now. Yeah. <laughs> and the sediment's pretty well packed at the bottom of the bottle now, 20 years Is later. It? It smells That's, like a Belgian strong, to be honest with you. It's got it that like real uh, wow Belgian strongy I'm kind of smell. Impressed how good it smells, being twenty yeah. years old. No cardboard for sure, man. If it's, it's on there, no, I haven't had one yet. No, if it if it held up, Something if the money. seal Ooh. held up, this might be incredible. Oh, that sediment is it definitely packed fantastic. in there. Huh? It really does. It smells yeah. like a Belgian strong. No, yeah. no cardboard. No off. So this sense. is brasserie uh, de vapor. Um, That's healthy for you guys. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Jeff. <laughs> God. No, I didn't. I, what? Is that more than everybody else got? Probably not. I I, so. We all got a third. It, you got it's half. What you, it, it's what you need. Yours is more higher than mine. Jerk. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Nose is pretty solid. Uh, what's, this, what's the style? <laughs> this is a size on. It's Brasserie to Annan from Brasserie to Vapor in Pitfax, Belgium. Saison. 1996. Twenty. Twenty. It's twenty, 20 year old. Yeah. This is good. This is fantastic. For twenty years old. For twenty old, years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know what to expect. This the nose easily, is a lot better than the taste. This could have yeah. easily yeah. been vinegar at this point. Really. Oh yeah. It's a. It has a touch of vinegar. 
Not a lot. It has a touch of sourness. I'm not Probably sure. Probably not more than I started with, yeah. really. It reminds me of like a black IPA in the sense that sometimes you smell a black IPA and you get one beer and then you drink a black IPA and you get a completely different beer. This is like you smell it and you get this like amazing quad and then you drink it and you get this like soury almost. Uh, I won't say Saison because it's definitely not hoppy, but you get right, like a right. soury Belgian-y... Uh, high-bodied goza. Like a yeah. Red almost. yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah, it's yeah. got some of that. Well, it does have some It's a Flemish. Yeah, it's Flemishy. Yeah. You know, well, the, the Belgians use a lot of older hops, and older hops will fade with 20 years in the bottle. So Most most hops will fade, yeah. Ago. 20 years in the bottle, the hops <laughs> will go away. Um, but it, it does, yeah. It, it drinks like a... Well, really well. I, I would say like a, like a little higher-bodied goza is what I, I, what I think it is. Because it's a little bit salty. Not overly vinegary and not very tart, but okay. very. I mean, honestly, like if I ordered this at a bar and poured it out of a bottle, I'd think it was good. So, um, yeah, for 20 years, that. that's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Hey, I Jeff, agreed. guess what time it is? It's a plug it anywhere time. Plug it anywhere time. You plug it anywhere time. All right. Anything to plug? What does that mean? You plug anything you want. Plug um, anything you want. Anywhere you want. Um, this guy has Thank been you. around a, a major part of the beer industry in this county for quite a while now. So much so that you know the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp series, where yeah. they take some people and actually send them to Sierra Nevada to learn how to. This guy was one of the first ones and and brewed one of the national releases of the uh, Sierra Nevada Beer Which Camp. Which one series. did you make? I made a uh, Beer Camp Fifty Seven Raiders of the Last Hops. Oh, I love it. I have that one. Sorry. That was where you actually a red IPA. On the hops field. Yeah, like yeah hops. We, so we, they left uh, some of their hops up for us. We it's literally an Indiana pulled Jones them plan. down. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> so we literally pulled them out of Sierra Nevada's uh, hop field and grabbed them down. The hops literally stripped them right there and then dumped them right into our beer. So all fresh hopped. That is awesome. That's super them awesome. On, um, some wood, lemon wood. So red IPA when red IPAs weren't even around. So I think Imperial Reds are the lost style of beer. For sure. Yeah, that need nice. to be brought back. I love Imperial Reds. Is that your plug? <laughs> no. Red IPAs? <laughs> no. I mean, should I don't know what my plug is. My plug is Coaster's Belgian event. True that. That's a good pick. <laughs> that's a very good that, pick. That, that's why we're here. That's, that's why, we're, why here. we're here, right? Yeah. Rare. I mean, we just had Canty on, so I can't say that it's not going to be amazing. <laughs> I've yeah. um, cleared out everything except the beer I started with, which is the Two Hearted. Two Hearted. <laughs> and and, and, and Mac is plugging Bell's Two Hearted. <laughs> yeah. And, and it still tastes well. Every. I, I tell you, I, I didn't dump anything except I, I just emergency because I needed a glass. I dumped about an ounce of his. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, man. But, but we'll I tasted survive. it before I dumped it, and it was still really good. So I'll plug two things. I'll plug myself first. Adventures in Beer with Brewer Jason Strobel. I started as the Dining Brewer Company, which is my home brewery. I share my beers around Brevard now. You know, I'm a dad. So... Um, my aspirations have significantly dropped off in creating a brewery, but I do like to put beers on tap at places like Coasters, which I've had multiple beers on tap here, World of Beer, multiple places on tap there. Oh, awesome. Mansion, um, a lot of other places, a lot of great places in here in Brevard. We're a great brewing company, uh, community, so my, my page. And then I also like to, to bring out Coasters because uh, we have a brew fest coming up next week, Belgian brew fest. The, some of the best, amazing uh, Belgian beers are going to be on tap, in bottle. Place, things that you can't get anywhere else are going to be here. Um, as I said earlier in this podcast, Coasters marches to the beat of their own drum. They do in a good way. They really, truly um, make the best 
of what they have. And uh, this, this is off unique. the coaster's beer engine. It's not out of the regular 38 degree tap. Okay. Got, a, got a little bit distracted during my what my shout out because anyway, of the beer. Well, what's cool about this area though is because me, I know Kevin. I know that everybody, all the other beer runners around here. We're 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 buddy. We're not competitors. We're collaborators. Yeah, it's true. Because we, we're not really. We're not fighting over market share. Right, no. right, right. That's that speaks to the craft beer community. Yeah. It does, and that's the way it is. You come here, that. you get you get a certain type of beer. You go to the mansion, you get a certain type of beer. You get a world of beer, you get a certain type of beer. You go to the Broken Barrel, you get a certain type of beer. You go any of the breweries, Intra, you know, Play Alinda, you get a certain type of beer, and and everybody plays well together. Everybody plays in the sand, and everybody's happy with each other, and they each bring something unique, which is great in Brevard. Well Mac, any plugs? Well Anything you got to mention? I will, do, I will second what Jason says. This is a really nice beer county for, from, for it's in friendly, the state of right? Florida. It's friendly. It's it's, Super it's, friendly. it's long and narrow. It can be a you know <laughs> fifty miles from one one bar to another, or it can be five miles from one bar to another. But but we all play together, and and I'm 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 a re, really I'm a retired rocket scientist. Okay, so <laughs> beer is a hobby. Yeah. Okay, but I've been I've been at it long enough uh, that and and you will find go in go in here later tonight and ask anybody if they know Mac Monroe and somebody will say yeah and he said he talks too much you know <laughs> and and it's a valid criticism story of my life it's a truly valid criticism as a customer here years ago I, I met some of the most interesting people here that I've ever met because it's it's a lot of business travelers and really right. people with great yeah. histories and yeah. So, David. Oh, the pepper sir. comes through. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. really cool. It's your turn to, to plug it anywhere. Obviously. I'm going to guess what you're going to plug. Um, Belgian I, event. Of course. First of all, that's why we're here, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug Belgian event in general. If you have any, if you want to take a trip um, and, and you can afford the time to go overseas, now's a great time to travel because the dollar is strong, the euro is cheap. And if you can manage to go over there for Belgium, Germany, and see it on your own, it's it's amazing. It's well worth it. It really is. It's a totally different environment. You're not going to find the selection that you find over here at a beer bar, but what you find is going to be people really intensely crazy about their, their local town's beers or their wines or or liquors or anything like that. It's 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 a, it's an eye-opening experience. You really have to go to Europe. Experience it all here next week at Coasters. Yeah, I, mean, so, I was going to say, really if you can't travel, at least travel to Melbourne and get some be- Belgian beers absolutely. at Coasters. Cause so I'm, I'm going to plug Coasters stuff. Pub and Beer Garden. We'll be here this Saturday by the time this airs, the 5th. Me and Jeff, me, That's me. and Jeff is over the there. We'll be here mingling, hanging out, enjoying Belgian beers, foods. We'll be here with all these guys, hopefully. You know I'm I know Dave is going to be here. You know I'm buying a bomber that can't see on. <laughs> Yeah? It's hard not to. Why yeah. not? It's amazing. Yeah. So be sure to come out March 4th, 5th, and 6th for the Coasters Pub and Beer Garden Belgian Beer Fest. We'll be here the 5th. I don't, know, I don't know what time we're going to be here. We'll be here like, I don't know. We'll be here all day. We'll be here for the day. We'll be here for, for a, a few hours, a couple I, hours. As I think I said earlier, uh, he doesn't take them off until they blow. So if I'm, I'm looking forward to two weeks of Belgian beers. Yeah. However, you know, I, I, the, the it's my motto part, with sad women. Sad part from my point of view is after the weekend, the Belgian food's going to go away. Yeah. 
Okay. So, so what we did, though, we're about uh, to get down on that. During the openings, uh, fr- Friday morning, the doors open at noon, and Saturday mornings, the doors open at 11. We're going to have um, six liter bottles of St. Bernard Sap 12. They're going to be poured for free. We big samples out of this big old bottle of beer. Oh, we um, so we, we'll have a, a line of out the door. <laughs> My <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I got one of those bottles. How many wow. did you get? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a, a few. Yeah. We'll have a line out the door. If, at, if you come next weekend, be prepared to stand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there. We're there. And be responsible, of course. Please, Don't drink yes. and drive. That's not cool. Smoke and fly. <laughs> of course. For God's sakes, there's Uber. <laughs> or Uber. Yeah, you guys yes. have Uber down here? Uber. Uber's Uber everywhere. Uber's okay. everywhere. Uber down here. Support local. So I am Mike. We Jeff. got Jeff, Jason, Mac, and David here at Coaster's Pub and Beer Garden in Melbourne. We'll see you in a couple days. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers, indeed. <laughs>